Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, extended secret dumps, Moshe's DJ sets, and so much more on our Patreon. Go ahead and check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hello, Endless Honeymoon Podcast listeners. We're glad you're listening. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. Five stars, leave a review, and come see us live. We're actually going to be in Portland, Oregon. December 19th, 20th, and 21st with a live podcast on December 22nd. We have guest Ian Carmel from Portland. And also, if you live in Portland and you have some relationship issues that you would like us to address, please let us know. Contact us through the podcast and maybe you can come on our show. Yep, it's endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com if you want to come be on the Endless Honeymoon Podcast taping live on the 22nd of December or just come see us do stand-up that entire weekend. Go to portland.heliumcomedy.com. Also, Bay Area, the next month, January, we don't have the exact date, but we will be a part of the SF Sketchfest. San Francisco Sketchfest. And also, if you live in San Francisco or the surrounding areas and you have some relationship issues... Give us an email, give us a call, leave us a secret. Tell us why you want us to talk to you. We will have you on the show there as well. sfsketchfest.com, portland.heliumcomedy.com. Let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. You know us. And you probably know our guests. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are here speaking with comedian. 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 Comic. Comica. Maria Bamford. <laughs> and her lovely husband. Scott Cassidy. 
Scott, Scott Marvel Cassidy. Mar- Scott Marvel Cassidy. Marvel? Is that really your middle name? <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. We're kind of a DC family around here. Oh, okay, so. sorry. Wait, uh, why do you have the middle name Marvel? I have uh, Uncle Marvel who uh, in World War II operated on Tojo. What's Tojo? Tojo is the, um, the leader of the Japanese uh, forces. And Tojo tried to commit suicide, so my uncle came in and was he was a doctor, obviously, and he stitched him up. Whoa, did to he save he his life? Save Tojo? Save Tojo's life so we could later hang him. Uh, <laughs> that was so nice yes. of him. With his own entrails. Yes. <laughs> but Why we found didn't your this parents name you name you Marvel. Well they did. Well they right. did. They just uh, buried it. Marvel Cassidy. Yeah. Wow. Mr. Uh, Maxie's name is Marvel Cassidy. It's a Cassidy. hidden superpower in the middle. <laughs> I sort of feel like if your name is Marvel, you automatically got conscripted into World War II. You I have would think to so. Be, yeah. You have and to he, was a, he was a captain. Captain Marvel? Much. Yes. Thank you Wait, very your much. grandfather was Captain, captain Marvel? Marvel. <laughs> no, my I thought that uncle. was Brie Larson. Captain Marvel Keggy. Yeah. Your uncle is Brie Larson? Yes. Thank you. The very director much. of Booksmart? Yes. That's right, right? I oh. think so. There's so many Bree's. We haven't seen that film Debris, as a family. Debris. Are you um, thinking of Olivia Wilde, honey? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> and I hope neither of them is listening to this podcast. Moshe always says like he's a Jennifer Garner fan, but I don't think he really <laughs> never, knows. What do you mean I always say that? That's not an off, a refrain that I burst out with often. I once said, yeah, I like her. And then they started quizzing me. They go, really? What was your favorite film she was in? I was like... I don't know. Turns out it's Pam DeWitt. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wow. Uh, B, I'm a big B. Arthur fan. That's what I am. Well, Maria, I just saw you in Denver, and you talked very openly about your relationship, yes, and yes. you found you guys found each other recently, or like five years? Has it been five Six. years? Six. Six. Where did years? you find each other? What is what's okay, your Cupid? Here? Oh, really? Okay, yes. Cupid. Yes. And you were very happily married, and because ha- I saw you right when you got married, and you guys were like. Kind of like, you know, kind of shy and hanging out. But then I saw you five, six years ago last in Denver and it's still the same. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we don't know what we're doing, but no, we go to therapy. We go to the therapist, go see Carol Grisham. Who's Carol? Uh, that's her therapist? Carol, oh, yeah. Oh, can we say Carol her Grisham. name? Okay. Oh, that's John Grisham's great aunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually operated on the brain of Maria Bamford <laughs> and Scott Marvel Cassidy. <laughs> But she's uh, she's great. She takes insurance. Um, she's very comforting. Um, How quickly did you guys start going to therapy together? Three, mo- three months. Three in? months into our relationship. Wow. Yeah. I, I I the longest relationship I've ever had was a year, and yeah. I was just like, you know, I'm not doing well. So mine was three years, and I'm a selfish artist, so I needed to expand myself. My thing, uh, Natasha's my longest relationship by one hundred percent. I mean, she is. I, I couldn't even say a, a year. It's like I, people always say, do you, do you have a relationship? I was like, well, I, I would have things that were felt emotionally intense or had things that were, were but those were long distance or I had things that were intense and short, but I never had, she's my first period. Oh. It's hard finding someone you really like. No, I mean, yeah. it wasn't for me, but I think that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I always had like, I always had you know, boyfriends. You were a serial monogamous. But also that was probably fear of being alone or something too. How did you guys have the conversation that you wanted to go to couples counseling so quickly in the relationship? Was there any fear with that conversation? Well, we both already go to therapy. We both so. go to therapy and I was like, my my parents, uh, like they've been married over 50 years and my mom's a therapist. So I was like, hey, let's, because 
I, I feel like I, I also don't have any friends who are married. So I need to get some real support of like how to stay together. Like how to, because Scott, I was like, okay, he came on time to the date. He, he does, he's not a drinker, you know, like a, a, for me, uh, drugs and alcohol is, is a bummer for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's down for a relationship. Let's do this. Like we don't yeah. we only have so much time left. Uh, why not uh, see if it, you know get some outside help and support because I, I just don't know how to do it. That's interesting because we usually ask the couples that come onto our podcast like, "What's your core issue? What's the thing that you guys fight about the most often?" But you guys probably have gotten to the core of the core issue. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys are like wit in the kernel of the core. The kernel of the core. What is it? What is the thing uh, that you guys? I think it's well, for me. It's like because uh, well, let me see. What I well, I had. I, I saw I saw your show yeah, in yeah. Denver, and you tell the story. I don't know how true. If yeah, it's no, true it's totally about, true about yeah. the TV. Oh, yeah, and like you guys had a conversation about where the TV should go, and you're like, it shouldn't go above the fireplace. What's it shouldn't the, go in the bedroom. What's the story? Well, the whole <laughs> idea is that, like, you, or at least for me, the premise of the joke is, you know how you have horrible interactions with friends and family that you just don't. You'll just will go, oh, I just won't see them for a couple of weeks or I won't call mom tomorrow because I just told her to fuck off. You know, so but in a relationship, romantic relationship, if you get that angry at someone, you have to see them five minutes from now. So like, how do you manage uh, conflict or things getting out of control? Um because, yeah, I've, I've had those feelings, those feelings of unmanageability with girlfriends or with uh you know, at work or with uh, my parents or my sister, but uh, I haven't ever been able to handle it with... Uh, so, so we went to the therapist and she said, there's this point when you are in conflict with somebody where your body can't take it anymore, where you your blood pressure rises so much, it's kind of a saturation point where you will say or do something you regret unless you stop uh, and splash water in your face, uh, put on a rainbow wig and start singing. <laughs> like, distract yourself in any way you can. I used to get that to that point in relationships for no reason. There was right. no yeah. conflict. Yeah. I used to call it like the executioner switch. It, yeah. That's how it felt yeah. like I had in my soul, there was an executioner, you know, and he would flip a switch and I'd be like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And I started in through therapy, actually, I started to recognize the, that pattern, the, the, what, what it was that was happening and mostly that it was a, an illusion. And so when I started, so I was doing that work. And then when I started dating Natasha, somebody that was important for me to not lose when I would, I would feel I could, it's almost like you could feel the executioner trying to pull the switch in my, in the early days of our relationship. And I would tell myself like, this is not real. This is as, as my, my old AA sponsor used to say that that's a movie in your head. You can watch it, but feel free to ignore the information in it. And so I would like go like none of that. I, I would like ignore the switch because I knew it was inevitable that it yeah. would get pulled. And well, so what, how did that relate to the TV? Well, well just that, um, <laughs> We were moving. Neither of us had moved with someone together. It was over 100 degrees. some reason, I I didn't, well, neither of us got the electricity switched over to our new place. So we're moving. It's super hot. Uh, We're trying to put put the TV, and that was actually a positive interaction. And then (laughs) uh, we're having fun. And then Scott leaves. TV guy comes. uh, And... um, he says, where do you want it? And I, I say, on the one place it should have never been, which we had previously discussed, which is on the fireplace. So as they're drilling two and a half inch diameter holes in what I now understand to be a hundred-year-old sandstone fireplace. <laughs> Scott gets home. 
Uh, he goes, where is it? He's exhausted, tired. I say, oh, oh. <laughs> Maria, we talked about this for a weird amount of time. Can I not trust you to get things done by yourself? He goes to hug me, but I've begun to scream, cry, don't you touch me, don't you dare. He's like, where's the rainbow wig? Where's the rainbow wig? (laughs) Well, and that kind of thing, like, I remember when I was a kid, and we both had childhood experiences of, like, where things get heightened. This is what I would do. I, and I have bipolar, too, uh, where I do have some mood issues. So I would go, when I get upset, I would just start thinking of suicidal ideation, get myself weeping, 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 and just think about... Uh, I was going to kill myself, or I was going to somehow leave my family, hopefully by killing myself. Um, Scott, I think he had a different upbringing, but you had a different way of reacting to conflict in your family, right? Uh, What was yours? Well, my dad was an alcoholic, ex-Marine. My mom was bipolar. This is the nephew of Uncle Marvel, right? Captain Marvel's (laughs) nephew. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Nephew Marvel. Uh, Bruce Cassidy. And he, uh, he rest in hell. <laughs> so he'd come with home a waste. toe jam or whatever. The guy. Tojo. Tojo. Tojo, what are you doing yeah, look here? Up Tojo. Bruce Cassidy? Yeah. <laughs> Tojo. Uh, so he uh, was a drunk, so he'd come home and beat us up. So I found refuge in the woods and hide. hide. You would physically, literally, I'd physically. literally run into the woods and hide under piles of leaves. Or sometimes I figured out where I could run away from him run around the block while he was chasing me and come back and hide in the basement. <laughs> so he would think I'm out in the woods. It's like I'm a, in the basement. So that's pretty wow. smart. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to riff a joke on your trauma, Go ahead. but this definitely feels like the beginning of a uh, Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams part <laughs> oh, of the show. Oh, <laughs> like you find great power in the woods exactly. somehow. Yeah, and there was a little, little alien yeah, down there. And, and then yeah. there's a hologram of Uncle Marvel that yeah. comes up and yeah. there was a secret power that yeah. you've been waiting to discover And Uncle Marvel's running away from Tojo. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, so both of us, like, so that when we had the conflict, I'd go into weeping and sort of crying mode and freaking out and then you would get whatever your pattern I'm going for the switch right yeah 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 yeah. and just kind of yeah I'm out of here so he I'll take off for a while that's funny you could you found the um you're able to find the woods and yeah. just move them into your yeah, soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'd actually go for a five-hour walk. Yeah. He went for yeah. a five or six-hour walk. Get, so I just don't say anything stupid or pull the switch. Right. Because I'm married and I love this woman and I don't want to blow it because I've always blown it. Like, I'm out of here. I got my painting to do. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm an artist. A painter. <laughs> I'm a, an artist. It's a funny way to say it, too. Yeah. It's just like... Like like a blue like I'm out of here. I got fine art to make. Exactly. <laughs> Tosh has. We all have those. This is this that Scott's is the worst. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, getting. I wasn't calling Natasha in to rank them, but it, getting physically abused like that. I don't know that that feels like something. I I can't even relate to that. It just feels like and just to be a small child and then having a child and like. How how are people able to do that? They must be so broken inside. Drunk. They must not really be like fully formed a in, in a lot of ways. Drinking of, does yeah. help. Right? In the sixties and seventies, I think it was much more. I mean, my my mom slapped us around a lot. Like my mom yeah. would full, be you know at least hit me across the face every once in a while because she was high and tight on diuretics and laxatives. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, you, you don't want to pick so, diure- uh, diuretics? Oh, uh, and, and amphetamines. So it's just like. Ah! <laughs> have six more blueberries for today but wait you Christ. remember her saying things like crazy oh, things oh she's still i mean people did not change i love my mom i love my mom uh she's a she, big time listener she's written in a few times uh, 
not. She she's wonderful, but she uh, has is totally bought into uh, all the diet programs. And um, yeah, that's a ton of my childhood is remembering uh, just like my mom sitting there. Us all eating pot roast and then her sitting there with a half a green apple. Oh. Those horrible <laughs> Granny Smiths. My, like, and she actually would eat it at the table. Oh, like, <laughs> my mom does that too. She's like, she's really obsessed with the weight that she'll get to someday. And she's 75. You know, it's oh, like, seven, at what point do you just say, this is the body I have? But it's it's such a pervasive. It's probably good illusion. that they diet though, because it's healthier. Well, no, eating a green apple is <laughs> well, with mom. a knife and fork. I love I love my mom. A year ago, my mom got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. She's getting treatments. It's shrunk a ton. She just joined this thing called Brightline. She's I lost six pounds. What the fuck? Like, just right. like you have cancer. No, you is, don't. Want, yeah. That's the opposite oh direction God. to move like, in. She's like, doing that with. Uh, yeah, no, no. She's a goose. She's good, but she's having a great time. She loves it. She loves it. She loves food programs. She loves new. You know, the thing is, is that you just, <laughs> you just don't eat after five, Maria. <laughs> really, mom? Is that what it is? That's the thing. <laughs> that's Forty years in, sixty years in. How often do you make him come hang out with your family? Well, we. I he, love her family. He, he does pretty yeah. well with my family. We've we've tried to we try not to. St- we used to stay in the basement, or we. Ha- but then <laughs> that got a little too rough. We're too rough, and my mom would get sick of us. Well, so when you guys leave, I mean, you know, the Sheraton is just down. Just oh, your a half mother mile. suggested it. Oh God, that's my amazing. My, oh my mom, that's what you is want. Totally. My mom was like, uh, like. I, if I if I stay somewhere else, she'll probably cry. Oh, but I don't. Our house is small. Like I don't want to stay that's there. That's Natasha. <laughs> that's Natasha's. Th- Natasha's woods and scream cry is solve. She be- because she was. Or I don't want to tell your issues for you, but you can. But she was the oldest, and so she was always like <gasps> oh, caring for the kids. And so when conflict comes up, she's like. This conflict must end immediately, and I must find a way to end it. And my, what I do is I get, I get right. Oh. I start getting like really correct about things, and I, I'm like the, uh, the record keeper. I'm like, and, well, in February you said, and I said, and in response, and I like have the transcript, but it's probably the transcript that I've written, so it might be a little warped or whatever. Wow. So it's kind of the op. We have kind of the opposite, which sort of is the same with you. Yeah, yours yeah. is up, and yours is out. Yeah, and mine is, uh, is. Mine is win and hers is solve. Okay. Oh, but with to react to my parents, I would have to make my parents laugh all the time. Uh-huh. They, so my mom always laughed even though she was bipolar. She laughed all the time because I was a goofball. Yeah. And same with my dad. They would have fights, but I could make jokes about, their, about them or narrate the fight as it's happening. And it would stop the fight sometimes because I'm a goofball. And, was, and that's some, what's when we've been connecting a lot, too, is that Scott started doing stand-up like four years ago. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, yes. Because I love open mics. I love... Oh, it's, yeah, it's, you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, Maria's no, the biggest... I've, I've gone to a show that Maria had at the top of Runyon Canyon yeah. with a microphone. I've no. been to a show in her be, in her bedroom, like in probably two different houses. Of the, of the big headliners in comedy, I would say Maria slums it the most. I love anybody. You love it, though. If there's something about... And it's not... Because I feel like... The people at open mics are the people who are the most passionate, who are enjoying it also the most, and who, uh, yeah, well, and also I like whatever's close. I'm geographically, I'm, right. I'm slothful. So I just go, 
Yeah, is it at a hot dog stand less than a thousand feet? From- yes. <laughs> Hilarious yes. that you mentioned that because I believe the last open mic I saw you at in the wild was at a hot dog stand. stand. Yes. <laughs> Literally well, was at a, a hot yeah, dog Mia's stand. Yeah, Mia's hot dog. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a very you good also do a weird mic. thing. It's no one else does this, which is that you like to run your entire headlining hour in front of an individual stranger at a coffee shop, <laughs> yes. right? In yes. like an like some city that she's in. Yeah, I just did it in Greensboro, North Carolina. This young man, it was yeah, he met me, and I I didn't actually get to do the full hour because I had mistakenly had us meet at. I, what I thought was a coffee shop, it was a coffee roasting facility <laughs> in an industrial park. And he's like, I don't know if this is good. And I'm like, well, and I'd taken a lift there. So he gave me a ride. And we went to the Dunkin' Donuts and we sat in the park. Just a lot. stranger? You yeah. just got into his car? Uh, I mean, you read A fan? Yeah. If you read somebody's Twitter feed, you can kind of get a sense. I would and, never do that. Oh, yeah. No, I don't care. And I, I just don't, I never, I mean, I do care, but I, I read some What do you think of this, Scott? Like, do you get um, scared or no? I've been, I've visited while she's doing yeah, these yeah, yeah. talks, and nine times out of ten, actually ten out of ten, they're all nice people. And there are a lot yeah, of them are, I mean, are Mary, Maria okay. Bamford nerds. Wait, know. so so basically what you do is you'll, on Twitter, you'll go to a town and you'll want to kind of get the words in your mouth? Is that what it is? Yeah, I can, well, it's a lack of ambition. I am not willing to rehearse on my own anymore so i've got to get someone in to make me do it and you work under pressure kind of i work under pressure so it's and it's also it really helps with loneliness on the road like it's nice to see a human being who's excited to see me right and um so it's it's very selfish do you look them in the eye Oh, God, yes. I Wait, mean, you look them in the eye for an hour? If they want. <laughs> I mean, there are requests made. You know, sometimes what people are What are some of the like, requests? Oh, it's like, it's like a BDSM relationship meeting up online. Like, what are your kind of hard boundaries? I, I'll tell you mine. It's weird. I did go on so many internet dates. Like, I probably went on like 75 internet dates over the years. And so it kind of, I mean, it, without any sexual energy or of that creepy vibe it's kind of low you know you meet an interesting person you get to find out about their life um they're usually all people who i relate to because they like my stuff hopefully be weird (laughs) if they did but i had i did have one guy who i met who did not laugh at all perfectly friendly but did not laugh throughout the entire hour and i was like wow but it was actually kind of a a good run uh i it was kind of unclear at the end of that. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I wonder if he was doing it sort of as an experiment. And right. Maybe knows? he was trying to be good, you know, like. He looks up. He's like, not your best hour. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's got a Maria Bamford I t-shirt like on. Too. Stuff. <laughs> Wait, one uh, more question about that. Do you improvise things while you're talking to them or are you oh, just running yes. a straight thing? I just run. I, and I've you always. You record it, I'm I've, sure. No, 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 no. You don't record it. Oh, God, no. No, no. Okay. I, I just memorize because I've always memorized my stuff. I'm not. I'm a very theatrical act. I'm not. Um, yeah, I don't do. A, I do some crowd work. So I'll do the crowd work with them. Like I'll say, "Hey, funny. does anybody have you got? Have you ever? Have you one person? Have you ever gotten a raise or asked for a raise at work? You know, like I have a few times where I ask people about stuff. Like sometimes they ask for relationship advice um, if people have any, but that that hasn't worked out. That's not a good question because people always say, "Don't go to bed angry." Like that's the only piece of advice. It's like, yes, you've got to go to bed. I, <laughs> go to bed. I once was taking. I was taking a lift uh-huh. from Neiman Marcus to. I think maybe to the wedding. I think I was our wedding. I was like freaking out <laughs> buying shoes or something. Oh 
oh and I told the Lyft driver, I go, yeah, I'm just getting married. It was either that night or the next day. It was like the day, day before. Okay. And he's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm, I've been married for 10 years and it's the best thing ever. And I was like, oh, oh that's awesome. He's like, I'll tell you, I got, I have one bit of advice for you. Something that you can keep with you through your entire relationship. And I was like, wow. And he'd been really connecting with me on this marriage thing. And as we pulled up to my house, he's like, you ready? Don't go to bed angry. <laughs> I'm like, that? <laughs> that? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the most like, like greeting card, first thought. This, Yeah, I know. My mom taught me that. And it's just not true. Sometimes you should go to bed. Totally. Just go to bed. <laughs> go to bed because you can't keep yeah. scream crying yeah. or running yeah. away if, yeah. you go, if you're unconscious. No, Papa Seroquel. Scott, did you? <laughs> well, Moshe, maybe we should take a call speaking of relationship oh, advice. I love oh, yeah. Do, wait, do you guys, yeah, we're going to do some relationship oh, advice okay. right oh here God, in real so time. Ooh, and we, I, we have clearly have two successful relationships. Yeah. <laughs> we wanna, but when we, after we take a call, we also want to talk about this project you guys are working on, if you want to talk about that. Uh, sh- sh- sure, sure, sure. You don't sure, have to. No, no, of course. For sure. And, uh, oh, we yeah. can talk about it now. Sorry. No, we're, it's fine. We'll talk about it. We're not a perfect relationship. I've had a UTI for a month. And so <laughs> I don't think sex. that really counts as not a perfect relationship <laughs> if you have a physical ailment. Well, gross. Yeah. I'll Dirty bird. I'll say that to Natasha often. If she's ever not feeling well, I'll be like, you are not pulling your weight as a partner <laughs> you have the flu and it's been four days since we've no. had sex no yeah a perfect relate the road to a uh, perfect relationship is paved with cranberry juice oh, cranberry juice that's okay what they say. Oh. all right should we do a call we'll take we'll do yeah, a call sure, sure, we'll sure. come back and sure. we'll yes. figure out more Now we're going to call Ashley and Charlie in Washington State. Hello. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Is Charlie on? Yeah, he's here too. Yes, ma'am. It's Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher, and we have our friends Maria Bamford and Scott Cassidy to give you some advice. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, not oh, hello. It's a totally different podcast, <laughs> totally different group. How are oh. you guys? <laughs> Um, good. Just trying to get our kids settled down and hiding in our garage currently. You guys are hiding from the child in the garage? Yeah, children. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. Put a little newspaper in the corner and, you know, <laughs> off they go. So, so what, what's you guys' problem? <laughs> <laughs> Natasha doesn't technically have a license in therapy, just so you know. <laughs> what's your deal? Yeah, what's your fucking problem? Um, <laughs> well, let's see. Where do I start? Depends on who you ask. Um, my husband and I have been together, married now for five years and together for six. And, and is this Charlie? Yes, Charlie. Yes. Oh, that would be a real I reveal so. if it wasn't Charlie. My husband and I have been together five years. <laughs> I am having an affair with this guy, Charlie, who's currently in my garage. <laughs> okay, tell us. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> there'll just be random nights every now and then where, you know, we go to sleep and everything's good. And then we wake up and we're having sex. Oh, and, and it's, I mean, it's probably something that'll happen like one or two times a month. Wait a minute. Are you guys and... bragging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want yeah, advice as much as to number. record it for posterity. There's other people we could be <laughs> helping right the now. Ones that we don't even know we're initiating. Oh, right. So there's po- it's possible that it happens more than once or twice a month, but that you guys get all the way through it and no one wakes up. 
Yeah, and it's such a big argument every morning about who started it. Well, or, oh. yeah, if it happened. It's funny. Yeah, it happened. yeah we were like, did, did that happen last night? It's funny because uh, <laughs> that's what the plot of It Happened Last Night is actually about. It's very ahead of its time film. But Listen, you guys are obviously perfectly matched for each other. Congratulations. No, we Don't ju- fight about it. Just fuck all night. Well, we were just having a conversation about um, <laughs> never going to bed angry. But uh, you guys probably shouldn't go to bed horny, I guess. It's- <laughs> So what's the issue? Are you guys well, worried? Sometimes ab- it's not even that. You you just wake up and you're like, oh, now I got to clean this up. Oh, it's who cleans what? up. Is that what the issue is? It's the cleaning. Yeah. What is what is the question that? Yeah. You have? What is the the real? Because it sounds like a lovely way to wake up. My my thing is is this. I just feel like, is this normal? Like, a lot of people are kind of really weirded out by it. Oh. Yeah. You know, the lack of consent. Right, there is a consent issue. but So you guys are like telling everybody you work with, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you know, like we're really, we're really trying to get everyone's opinion on this. And so what better way to do it than on your podcast, right? But <laughs> does one person feel violated in the morning or something? Or, or is it both people just no, feel no, relieved? It's, it's- the man jumps in. Nope, nobody feels violated. We're good. No, yeah, nobody heard that. Yeah, no. Let's. Uh, uh, well, it's it's just really not normal for a lot of people, and some people seem pretty weirded out by it. Like, is is it something we should be stopping? And and they're not like weird about sex either. It's not like they're like, oh, sex. It's like you know, some people like it's just they're like the sleeping and will not knowing about it. Why don't you just keep it to yourselves? <laughs> yeah, that is an idea. If you're okay, if. If if you're okay with it, like that's the only people that it matters to. Like, you, you, I mean, that that's right. the thing. Everybody everybody's super weird. I mean, if you talk to anybody for ten minutes, they'll tell you about their fear of ice, or you know, like I mean, actual ice cubes. Oh yeah, I thought you um, meant the uh, immigration no, not, and customs. No, we should be afraid yeah, yeah, of ice. Yeah, but, they deserve the fear. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's okay. It's not a problem as unless it's a problem for you but it doesn't sound like it is. I think that's right. I think that like no, you guys don't do this. No, I think. Oh no, I've. It, I, I, it's happened to me too, but I think I think that it's happened. We just I wake, don't brag about it. No, I wake up masturbating sometimes, and I don't know how I got there. But um, I think consent is nice. consent is a, is just like all the other hot button topic issues in society today is not a binary thing. And so you guys can have a consent conversation that extends into your whole relationship. It doesn't have to be incidental. It can say, we as a couple, we consent to having sex with each other in the middle of the night. That's a standing rule. And until I, one partner or another, says, that's changed, I think you're good. And then also, as Natasha said, keep it to yourself. Thanks, guys. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Thanks. Bye. That was fake. You think that was fake? Those are the first people that have ever called that seem like they didn't really have an issue. I did understand what they were saying is that there are expectations in consent culture that certain sexual behavior is in the gray zone. And that is definitely in that gray zone. And so if you have things that are in the gray zone, you just have to talk talk about it and make sure it's not in the gray zone. Moshe, I swear for the rest of our relationship, you can have sex with me in the middle of the night. Thank you. Oh. This is a perfect example of a consent conversation. That's so sweet. Well, I had a girlfriend that would do that, get on me in the middle of the night. I would wake up in the middle of it. And what was scary about it is that she could get pregnant. <gasps> oh, totally. I did not like that. So I stopped. I could put a kibosh on that one. You on the whole relationship. Pretty much. That was the switch. That was the switch. We're running when to the she, woods. Yeah. When she took advantage yeah, yeah, of you sexually like, in the middle of the night. I didn't feel violated. I just felt like, oh, that's bad news. Because... 
we could how were you were you i was probably like 26 27 that could have changed your entire life no that's why if to anyone listening out there if you're going to take advantage of your sleeping partner make sure to slip a a condom or diaphragm on during the process make sure to do that yeah Okay, now we're going to take some secrets. Yeah, so oh, we have secrets. a thing here. We have a secrets hotline, and we play people's deep, dark secrets. They'll call they're... in. So sad. I don't have any secrets. Good for you. Never write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, one of my sister's friends says, I, I never keep a journal. I never, never leave anything written down. Do you keep a journal? Okay. Um, yeah. I've never understood the process of journaling, honestly. It's it's so so foreign to me to like have a thought and then I need to put it on paper. I, to... I put the thought down to get more thoughts. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I do. I like the artist way thing when you write, write, write. But then, uh, but I throw them all out. Like I never mm-hmm. keep anything. I just, uh, yeah, I don't have It gives you ideas. That. Yeah, it's just fun. That's yeah. what it gives me ideas. Okay, let's play a couple secrets. Oh, fun. Hi, so this is my biggest secret. Uh, one time I was smoking weed in the garage and my dad told me he'd be home in a few hours. So I thought I had time. And so I had all my like weed out. Everything was good. And then right before I was about to smoke, I was like kind of getting a little nervous. And sometimes when I get nervous, I take a shit. So I took a shit in the garage and then, um, I was planning on cleaning it up when I was done, but then my dad came home early, and then he walked in the garage, and he was like, why are you in here? And then he was like, it smells like pot. And I was like, I think a skunk pooped in the garage, and then I pointed the shit that I made. And then he believed me, apparently, unless he just, I don't know if he actually believed me, but he said he did. Little skunk called my daughter. And we haven't talked about it, so... Yeah. Oh my God! There's so much going on. How do in we that have story? so many teenage listeners? <laughs> it's so precious. Um, I think they honestly just need advice. I just, there's so much that happened in that story. First of all, she glossed over the fact that at some point she got a little nervous, so she decided to shit on the ground in her garage. Yeah, like, no what? paper. Da- like no, uh, that would have yeah. been like a second. Like, is there a bucket? Is there anything between that and the? floor when i get nervous i have to take a shit what uncontrollably immediately (laughs) at that moment at that place did she ever smoke the pot i don't think oh she did she must because her dad said it smelled like pop i also have a hard time believing that a human being took a shit in the garage and the dad comes home and goes it (laughs) smells like marijuana in here it's like what about shit it smells like shit in here well but yeah the marijuana I mean, I guess, yeah, that's when. But I've I've done that many times in places where there haven't been a there hasn't been. I've had to do that. You put a you little shit piece, in the corner. I've done that in in like places where you. What's the to craziest shows? place you did that? Acme uh, Comedy Club, <laughs> <laughs> the Green Room. Oh, a, a great set, like the new stuff. Anyways, don't mind the. Stank. Oh, that's what you do when you meet one of those people for coffee, right? You shit and then you begin because you get nervous at the beginning. No, it's just I a, a couple where there wasn't a bathroom. I had this rehearsal space once that I did for a one-person show. And you shit in the corner? Yeah, but it was on a piece of a paper towel. That's... And it was really beautiful. Uh... I mean, you, it was seven foot-long fecal. Oh, no, no I, I you know, popped it up, and then I put it into the, the you know, the big bin. Outside. That's amazing. Listen, Are... I've been camping. I've been camping. I've, I've sh- never done that. I've shit in a latrine at a rainbow gathering before. You know, they, they oh, dig yeah. a big latrine Ooh. and then when I heard you... a crazy story about a, uh, uh, the latrines at the Rainbow Gathering. Well, I wasn't there to witness this, but my friend Dave 
ex told me this story <laughs> that he was there and this girl was running through the rainbow gathering with fairy wings on she was high out of her mind sure. and she was like this little lithe hippie girl like screaming probably peeking on acid for the first time flapping her wings she's like it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and she was running and she ran and tripped and ran fell directly into the latrine that they had that they had dug like i'm talking like neck deep in shit and all of the people at the rainbow gathering were like uh and they just all all the hippie love like dissipated i don't want anything she comes out of it like her wings all covered in shit and she said he said that one big like butch lesbian came over and was like i got you honey and like wrapped her in a blanket and like whisked her away and never saw her again where's the craziest place you shit natasha no i'm just kidding only (laughs) toilets well in hiking you're you're not supposed to leave it in the woods so you got to pack it up oh you pack it out you don't dig a hole and no now you got to pouch it oh i didn't know about that i had a friend Um, at an exclusive art party and she went into the bathroom (laughs) there's a long line to get in the bathroom so she went in and the poop wouldn't flush. Oh, so she was so there. embarrassed that someone might come in and see it. She put it in a tissue paper, put it in her purse. Whoa! And walked around the party. <laughs> Good for with her, it. actually. That's pretty cool. <laughs> she didn't want anyone to go. Oh, I kind of, I get where she's coming from, a hundred percent. Stinks. Oh, but I, yeah, I, I would have, I would have excused myself and then like tried to throw away the purse somewhere. Yeah, I heard yeah, a story. Yeah. A friend of mine. No, I wouldn't have put it in my purse. Yeah. No. Another no. story. A oh, can of mine. I tell you what I would have done? Oh, though? yes, please. <laughs> I would take all the toilet paper on the thing and just like cover it all over it and then say it was it stuck. Some that or that. Person. You would say oh. it stuck. I, I would be like, no, I'd be like the guy before me. You yeah, can't, yeah. you can't go in here. Yeah. Oh, say so the oh, whole yeah, bathroom's yeah. broken. No yeah. one can use this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. My this person one. I met once, we were exchanging shit stories like we are right now, and she said she was at a party once, and she went outside, uh, into the like the yard or whatever, the or the, and she pulled her pants down to pee. But she was really drunk, and so she squatted to pee and just shit everywhere. And she's like, oh, no, and didn't know what to do. And so she was, like, rifling through her purse, and she found a book. But she was so drunk and so embarrassed that she grabbed the pages out of oh the book. God. And she was it was, like, a really long book that she was, like, two, like two-thirds of the way through. And she wiped up and walked away, and she realized that she had ripped the pages out of the be- the end of the book that she, oh. she had ruined her reading experience <laughs> i hope it was a dan brown <laughs> okay let's take grisham. another secret it was your okay let's take another secret hey guys i have a secret that i'm super nervous to talk about even to an anonymous line uh my ex-girlfriend okay i was stalking her on set life because i was and saw that she is fet life friends with uh, with my good friend, and I'm 100% sure they're having sex. And I have so many feelings about it. I'm also married, and <laughs> I, nothing's going to happen, and will ever what? happen with her again. But I'm super bothered by it because Goodness there gracious. was something between them when we were together, and I knew it. And she denied it, and it was there. And now I am 100% sure that it was there then and is there now. And I, it, it's been with me for like a month and a half. And it's bothering me. And even talking about it now, I'm bothered by it. So that's a secret, guys. Thanks. 
I have a lot of feelings about I this one. I have so many feelings about this. <laughs> Maria, please. Um, I attended, uh, and I can't say which one, but let's say it was called Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Which okay, is a but don't tell us which one I can't it was. tell you which one it was, but what if it was? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like this sort of obsession about something. It has nothing to do, that. whatever that is, has nothing. It's something you feel bad about yourself, mm-hmm. or you're bored, or you're sad, or you're angry. Something's going on. Like this, whatever this uh, thing that you're obsessed with has nothing to do with what you're really obsessed with, which is that you're not you're not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And to to go to a therapist, get some talk about your real life. Totally. Like and and enjoy a hobby. My God, I know well, they're so boring. Well, he's but got a hobby. He's. Fet, you know what hobby. fat life is? No. Fat life is like it's a it's fetish life, I believe, oh. and it's like yeah. it's the deep like the so deep, he's dark, going on that furry BDSM oh. like pony boy kind of like sex. Yeah, like, and that's fine. Like, but it, not if you're on it without your partner without your and you're partner, lying about it, or yeah, or if you're doing it in a stalking because it sounds like it's in a very creepy way totally. or in a way that's uh, antagonistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's where I think go go for help. You I know? totally, like, I, d- Natasha. I thoughts? agree. Yeah, I completely agree too. My thought re- listening to that was like, this is exactly what you get when you behave I- in this way with your sex life, where you're stalking exes, where you're looking up the the exes as if the and the, and then the, confronting he the whole justification her. of I knew they had something going on, and then it finally manifested. It's like good, good that they. That, yeah, they had some romantic energy. Now you're married and they decided to get it on. It's good that they're having sex. If you're listening right now, it's none of your business. <laughs> none of your business that they're having sex. Her love life, his love life. You didn't own her then and you don't own her now and you don't own your wife either. You don't own anybody but yourself <laughs> yeah. and yourself can go get help. Yeah, or and to have some compassion. I just know that whenever I've been obsessed with another mm-hmm. human being and kind of made them the answer or like something I have to solve and I have to solve it now and get some release from solving it, whatever, you know, whatever I'm obsessed with. Like, that's been more about childhood trauma, about this process addiction of um, getting involved in something. Yeah, so, yeah, just just know that it's not about what you think it is. Right. (laughs) That reminds me, uh, when I was myself in the 12-step program, I won't say what it is. No, of course uh, not. But it was like uh, the Automobile Association, (laughs) but they did less. They did one less thing. And... um, Ah. Yeah, ah. I, so as a result of being in that, I would sponsor people and I would hear what's called the fifth step of yes. many, many men. I've heard many men's fifth step over the... What's the fifth step? It's Well, the fourth step, you make an inventory of yours. You write down sort of all your resentments and your fears and the people that you've hurt and all sort of your secrets. You put them all on paper. It's kind of like journaling. Yeah. And then you, the fifth step is where you read it to another human being and kind of admit that stuff and get it out there. So now I'm going to go through some of the secrets that some of the people have told me over the years. No, I'm just no, kidding. Yeah. But I noticed a very distinct pattern that the men that were the most obsessed with infidelity in their partners because i heard the whole story were themselves the ones that cheated on their partners incessantly and it always had it was i was like oh it's so transparent it's such a a thin psychological like (laughs) process it's like well you think people cheat because you cheat and that's the behavior that you know and they probably are not the ones that you're so it's that it's like it's never about the thing that you think it's about yeah and if you're in this fantasy which is what it is it's fantasy right. 
it's because your life, your real life is a real bummer in some ways. Either it's boring or you're, uh, you know, have something you have to talk about with somebody real, uh, like your wife, you know, face to face, you guys hanging out. Like it's got to be, I, anyways. Uh, yes. But but if, if you're feeling that, you have to make some changes. Yeah, you have to make some And changes. change is hard. Change and you sucks, always yeah. say about, about exploring people's digital life. What is it that you always say about like looking through people's phones and stuff? Oh, I really hate, I, I just, I had a situation where I like read someone's journal oh. and I just feel like I took it in a way, like it just made me so upset and then it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. And then I was like, you know what? I'm never going to like read someone's stuff. I'm never going to try to read their emails. I'm never going to try to read their texts. And, you know, if if I'm with someone and something happens, then whatever, we'll deal with it. But it's like, I'm, I don't want to ever try to hunt anything down. Because you're yeah. always going to find something that you didn't like, but wasn't even the thing you were hunting yeah. for in the first place. <laughs> well, and this, my friend Jackie Haitian always says, like, she has this funny joke about how, like, I'm just going to live life as if everybody's awesome. And then <laughs> if I die surprised, you know, good on me. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, okay, you know, if, uh, if you get, I mean, part of the risk of being alive is to have human relationships and go, oh, oh my God, that was fucked. Like, I mean, like, our issues are, I ha- always ask, have to remind her to keep the doors closed because of our dogs or turn her hair curler off because it could catch fire. Yeah, yeah. But that's my problem too because I'm very forgetful. And yeah. when I lived by myself, I would do things like that. So I think I project onto you those issues. Oh, I relate to that yeah. too, totally. So well, I, well, I'll tell you something that like we were in Temple the other day and uh, it was Yom Kippur yesterday and Natasha was like looking at her phone and I, it was none of my business. I was like, well, Don't. I had the phone. I was, I clicked on it once in a bag. No, but I'm uh, saying I it's go, not like I'm like, I was like, don't do that. Well, how do you and, know you're not talking about your sins? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. And she got reasonably upset because yeah. I wasn't minding my own business and she's yeah. an adult woman and I'm not really yeah, there to regulate yeah. her behavior. Well, it's just like, trust me that I'm not going to like go do it too much. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. even if you do, what, what business is it of mine? But do you know what it really is about? I realized, Natasha, I don't think I talked to you about this. Yes. It's like my whole childhood in Temple my dad was like an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jew that I would go to six weeks a year and pretend to know what I was doing. I read my whole, book. My whole... Oh, awesome. Thank you. My whole childhood was about being in temple, ashamed that I was going to fuck something up. I used to cross my legs and go, oh, you probably can't cross your legs. And I would like uncross your legs. And I'd be like picking at my fingernails. Like, yeah, I, I'm sure you're not allowed to pick your... My whole childhood in temple was like, I'm going to do something wrong. They're all... It's like Carrie. It was like, they're all going to laugh at you. You know what I mean? And like, so... So that's what it was about. Oh, I'm like, sorry, honey. That's nothing to do with you. It's like me. It's like right. I, I'm associated with that temple. People are openly texting and nobody gives a no, shit. Yeah. But I'm what, still. What you like, guys are saying is that it's not about the situation. It's never about the thing. It's a, yeah. you think yeah. it's about. Yeah. 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 I think about like, what do I, I think, well, I'm, a, um, I'm trying to think of what, what, what I've been uh, less. Uh, you don't have to tell us. No, but you can. Love, you know, loving or accepting about. I think, yeah. Sometimes we both have mood issues, you know. So it's like, you know, if I, if he, oh, he 
Scott is from Philadelphia, so he's very verbal if he's discontent in the car with someone else's driving. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> what my, an erudite way yeah, of saying he's yeah. an asshole. <laughs> my dad, he's from Philadelphia. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> I think I get it. square. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yes. From the finer families. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me just say, um, while driving. <laughs> but my, my dad, Midwest, was all passive-aggressive. So my dad, if it, the harshest thing he would say was like, oh, boy, all right. Well, I guess. <laughs> you know? In that case. And so, you know, if Scott does something, you know, gives somebody the finger or whatever, I just get, <gasps> like, and it's like, well, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I don't know if he should be giving people the finger well, in traffic. Well, I usually don't. But it's, if it's egregious... You don't know people have guns. People get easily activated. It's usually if they're going on the off-ramp, then you go, woo. (laughs) (laughs) They're not turning around. I had a thing where I was driving. That I I can do. I was was trying to take a right, and then I had to immediately get over into the lane to get onto the freeway. And this person wouldn't let me in. And I, like, did a thing. or You know what I used to do? This is really bad. I would point and laugh. That's the thing that I would do. I'd point at them and I would laugh at them. I got one taxi driver in San Francisco so angry one time. I was pointing and laughing. He pulled up on me, like right up next to me, and he spit to spit on my car, but his passenger window was rolled up, so he spit on his own car, and it was like the greatest moment of my life. But this time, I tried to get into the lane, and the guy... Like, I didn't calculate that he was more more from Philadelphia than I was. And he started pulling up on me, throwing things at me. Like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die because I'm going to die because what? Because I wanted to like mock a a person. And that moment was so scary to me that I, since that time, I've never done anything uh, ragey in on driving. I drive however, this is my strategy. I drive however I want, including pulling people, uh, uh, cutting people off, uh, any anything I need to do, yeah. and then I just never make eye contact. So oh, I, I, I will good. drive as, as I want. I'm that's not a meek smart. driver, but yeah. I just don't even look. I just because yeah. I don't yeah, want to. That's smart. I don't want to be Michael Douglas and yeah. falling yes, down. Yes, true. Yeah. Okay, should we take another yeah. secret? So I've spent like a lot of money on an in-app purchase from a particular game. On my phone, it's like for children. <laughs> the other day, my friend asked me how much I thought I'd spent in total. And I tried to lowball it. So I said, like, I think like $30. And she was like super shocked. <laughs> and it's so much more than $20. It's so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more. Thanks. Wait, more than what? How much did she say it was? Let's play that again, the last little bit. 20. 20. No, but then she goes, it was probably... Probably like $100. It's probably more. <laughs> it's probably more. She seems like 14. She seems sweet. I Every once in a while, because you get these kind of dark ones, you know, like people's real dark secrets. And the, the fat life guy, you know, I'm sure he's ashamed yeah. to admit it and angry. And, you know, I do think there's something about like admitting a secret is like... Empowering and awesome. So really, what she's saying is she's kind of lying. She's this is her first maybe experience of addiction. Yeah, she's kind so. of addicted to this thing, and she's embarrassed by it. I just well, think it's funny when someone's deep dark secret is like, "You're good, walk well, it off." But especially, and it's so fun. I'm also I also may have attended another twelve step program. <laughs> what all, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't debtors and <laughs> Okay, it wasn't that for sure, right? It's all about money, and it is hilarious. Oh like, my goodness! Like if you ever want to like 
feel because yeah, pe- people are goofballs. Did you and, feel like you kind of didn't belong there? Oh no, I totally belonged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, and the reason I, I uh, would have gone to something like that is because I I just didn't know how to have and keep a job. It was a very it's a free place you can go to learn in a cognitive behavioral way uh, to. Uh, change your behavior. Uh, I'm not, and change your relationship to money. To money, yeah. And I'm I'm not a religious person. I'm uh, atheist. So that's how I see 12-step groups. Right. I see them as a free place, sometimes with food, uh, <laughs> that uh, you can go and get some help. But, uh, yeah, it just it, – sometimes it's fun to get specificity. Like, it's okay if that's fun to you. Like, even if you're spending 300 bucks a month, if if that's what's joyful to you – Enjoy it, like sure. just enjoy it. And I, I, I wish Jackie Cation we could get her on the line because I know she plays Marvel Puzzle Quest and she buys all the new characters. She does a lot of in-app purchases. <laughs> oh <so>. god! <laughs> and I know. I mean, Jackie, uh, she treats herself like a queen. Like so. Oh, she I, does. Oh, god, I love yes. that. <laughs> yeah. No, she's getting. She's like, I deserve all the in-app purchases. <laughs> half, half the time, she is in it's first. It's so class. Jackie too, because she's not like. Going to Chanel and buying like a thousand dollar pair of boots or whatever. She's like, Splurging the queen deserves the new Iron Man mask. She, she deserves it. She got a full on Captain America sweat sweatpants. She worked to Paris and wore it to Paris. She, yeah, they went to Paris for two weeks. Good for her. She is doing it, and it's so she she opens for me on the road. But she's got the Black American Express, so she is always in first class, and I'm always in steerage. No way. She's your opener <laughs> wait how did she get a black Amer- is that did her oh, dad help her no you have to pay you have to pay the fee 500 bucks a month to get the american Express, and then you put everything on it uh-huh. and as long as you put everything on it including you are always she's always way ahead of me uh, in terms of that's uh, for 500 a month though that's a lot no for a year Oh, yeah. Why? That's oh. not bad. Okay. So it's not. I mean, this podcast is brought to you by American Express, <laughs> Delta Black. Black One, <laughs> and Delta um, One. <laughs> well, and I think she loves Delta because it's a game. It is a game. It's, oh, a, right. it's a ridiculous she likes game. The points. Yeah, and um, it's so hilarious because it's just we we both got diamond, which means you. I don't know what it means. Anyways, we both got diamond. We're like high fiving in the in the in the uh, airplane, and this guy turns around in first class and goes. Diamond doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a joy kill. <laughs> like, what a dick kill. <laughs> we still get a free banana in comfort economy. He's like, diamond means nothing. I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up a really great point, which I think we all have to remember, which is enjoy your vices. Enjoy your enjoy vices it. and don't let them take take over, for and sure. And you have no idea what your girlfriend's buying, like, or what crazy... I mean, people has the most banana pants, personal finance stuff going on. It is wonderful, <laughs> um, including myself. Like, I, I went to the... Anyways, I've had people look at my number and they're like, say what? Like, what are you doing? Like... I have this... 11%. I have, yeah. One of my OCD anxieties uh, has always been about ethical issues. So um, one thing we do is we give 11% of the net after expenses, but before my salary from the business uh, to charity. 
From your your my the, the Maria business. Bamford business. So Got yeah, so we've given uh, so far forty thousand dollars this year. Why why by, by the why way why eleven percent? People because can figure out exactly per- what you made this year just by there's a there's a Maria Bamford nerd at home who met you for coffee with oh. a, a whiteboard and, and red I'm, string. I'm totally going, open book accounting. Yeah, um, no. I earn about a, a gross <laughs> the business Bamfuco earns about a little over a million a year, and then I uh, net my net salary is about two hundred and fifty. Thousand a year. So, anyways, FYI, we give eleven percent because it's one. It's that one. That guy just ripped all the red yeah. thread down. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. There's oh, no point in God. doing this work. She gave me all the secrets. <laughs> um, it's one percent better than the Christians. Oh, <laughs> that's so not Christian of you. <laughs> you yeah. should have done ten percent point five. Yeah, 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 you could have yeah, saved yeah. a little money and still See, been the Christian. Oh, no. Do those numbers. That's, that's a trip right. to Hawaii that's over five right. years. Yeah, that's a trip to Hawaii rather than I don't know saving the rainforest or whatever bullshit you're up to. What are your go-to um, charities? What do you love the most? Uh, um, Downtown Women's Center. Downtown Women's Center, like that. I really. It just is such a beautiful place and I I know I I mean I'm sure almost everybody in LA has been on the edge of homelessness especially now the rents are Mm -hmm. insane so uh yeah I love that and then where Pafa the art school school that he went to because he went on full ride scholarship and um uh yeah just uh anything that homeless uh oh yeah we well that was a we do a fundraiser once a year in uh Highland Park uh for uh there's a um oh recycled resources recycles resources which yeah. is a just a homeless uh nonprofit that helps people get showers and and uh, food and stuff on the street i heard this great story at yom kippur actually from uh i think the woman who created friends actually um was, was the one telling the story but she was saying she was doing the fundraising drive for the temple which they have to do every year in yes. yom kippur because that's oh, when yeah. all the people come Whatever, she was telling this story. It was really fascinating. It made me think about maybe wanting to do it myself, which is that her parents were involved in this like group called the Kind Kindness 10 or something like that. It was basically like her parents were friends with 10 other couples. Just that, that was their friendship circle. And at one point, they realized they were all successful people and they all had money. And so they started, they kind of they kind of codified their friendship group into the kindness 10 and one all year long they would put they would pool extra money little bits of yeah, money yeah, yeah. into like a mutual account that every year they would vote on what to do with the account on a very small level to help so like one year they bought like the jewish senior citizen center and a copy machine and one year they sent uh, a, a girl who had her leg amputated her and her family on a on a family vacation for the first time they'd never been on a vacation before it was like because you know you have these micro yes. charities and yeah. then it's like it was just such a nice thing to but think now like, it's like i feel like people would take that energy and they're just like on their phones if, you mean instead of becoming the kindness ten, they're yes. like buying an in-app purchase on an online yeah. video game? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it can. Well, it just takes a lot of organization, right? Like, yeah. do you guys? Do you guys like? It seems like you're focused on the homeless. Well, we. Uh, I think yeah, both of us have. Uh, I mean, before I, you know, got some outside help, I, you know, <laughs> lived in rooms or cooperatives yeah, or uh, on couches squalor. and stuff yeah. like that. So <laughs> we're uh, we're down that everybody should get housing. But and I think that's a really good thing that, to like pick a charity or pick something to help, even if it's just with your time, something that resonates with you. Yeah, right. yeah. Everybody has like two causes. Everybody 
cares about everything, but everybody has yeah. two causes that makes their guts churn. Like yeah. you know, like uh, this minor, like the environment and prison ju- justice stuff. And it's like it doesn't mean like you don't care about the environment. Pri- yeah, it's no. like everybody has these. It's, I think that's I like really to a help the k- little kids in the arts because like I right. went to like an art school and it like really I, I wouldn't have been able to like pursue my dreams and mm-hmm. be able to make money in life if I wouldn't have had this. And now they've taken all the funding from so many of the schools. And it's kind of sad if you think about if you grew up and imagine like you're eight or 12 and there's like only science, math, no extracurricular activities. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's rough. like, that's a pretty sad life. Yeah, well, that was that's a nice thing to, uh, that's been really fun in our relationship is trying to decide where to put the money, like uh, just that's to cool. pick out where where the money uh, it goes. So that's fun. Let's call Diana in Riverside. Okay. Hello. Hi, Diana. Uh, yes, this is. Hi, it's Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero, and we're here with our friends Maria Bamford and Scott Cassidy. Hi, it's so it's so like this is I'm so nervous right now for some reason. <laughs> That's all right. We'll we'll guide you through this gently. Why don't you just start by telling us why you called? Why you called in the first place? So the reason I called was because lately, me and my best friend have been having so much pressure on each other that my family keeps asking me why we're not together, basically. Like, why we're not a couple. Mm. And it's honestly kind of, like, irritating me. Do you, do you guys have any romantic connection or any link at all romantically to each other? Uh, none at all. If anything, we see more. We literally see each other as brother and sister, basically. So you're feeling like your parents are putting undue pressure on you. Because you would make a good couple. In their eyes. Basically, yeah. Because they know him, they've known him for almost about like seven years. And they honestly never met any of the guys that I've actually been with. Mm-hmm. So they feel like he's more compatible with me than anybody else that I've known. That's interesting. So wait, so why haven't your family ever met any of the people you've actually been with? Because those relationships never really lasted that long. Got it. So either my partner's always lied to me, gone behind my back, some stuff like that, basically. So I'm a very gullible person, and I tend to pick the wrong pe- like, people for me. And they recognize him as a strong person that they all like, so they're like, oh, it'd be perfect for you guys. I mean, the truth is, he's a perfect friend for you, and that's just what you need to tell them. He's, you're so happy he's in your life, and you love him, but it's not like that, and there's someone else out there for you, and you're not sure when it's going to happen, but you're excited to meet them, you know? Yeah, and if they want to hook you up with some hot, available single. <laughs> what, her, mom? Mom? her mom? Oh, my God. I told my parents, I said, listen, Mom, if you have a candle lit for my husband, you know, that's my mom had a candle lit all the time. For, for me? Yes, for, nice. well, for you. You mean to, to make him come? Yeah. Oh, she's a, she's oh a big Christian. And um, uh, so I was like, She was summoning on. him. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go out with light. anybody. I went out with a snowmobile dealer in uh, Duluth. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm down. <laughs> Introduce me. Sport me about. And I think that would be good to say that to your mom too give or to your a- sisters or your friends and just be like, yeah, put it out there and then they can start thinking. Yeah, give them a job. If if that's – or right. if you don't want, want a part – sometimes people, you know, if you don't aren't sure if you want a relationship right now, just tell them that and then – then they'll then ask them about themselves. Everyone's will talk about themselves forever. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I love this advice because I think it's hilarious to have your mom set you up with sexual <laughs> partners. But I would actually maybe. It sounds to me like uh, this is a good opportunity for you to set some boundaries with your mom and your family and say, I don't really like discussing my love life with my family. But maybe you do. Maybe you do. I think what this what this is is probably. Tell me if I'm wrong here. But you have, you're saying you've had a slightly unsuccessful relationship track, which, you know what, I had an incredibly unsuccessful relationship track, and everybody yep, here except for Natasha, who had nothing but long-term romantic, <laughs> monogamous, love-enduring relationships, and then I came along, and I guess she was like, you'll do, Moshe, uh, ha- has had. So, like, there's hope on the horizon, you know, and your worth isn't tied up in whether or not you have a partner anyway, but maybe part of what annoys you so much about it is, like, this feels like not a. This feels like a kind of an insecure place for you anyway. Than to have your parents coming along and telling you they know the answer. Is that right? It really is because the every single time I've I've always talked to a guy with my mom mainly. She's like, why don't you pick somebody that's actually rich, or why don't you pick an Asian? <laughs> an and Asian? She about the, yeah. Is she Asian? Wait, is she going for a crazy rich Asian? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a great idea. Wait a minute. Is, is your mom Asian? No, she's not. Do you know, this is a cool example of when people are so not racist, they become racist again. They go so far into non-racism, it in, is racist. Like, you know, I really want you with an Asian. It feels like, no, mom, this doesn't feel progressive in any way. And what, what race is your best friend? Um, we're both Mexican American. Okay. So you should. Oh, that's what you should say. He's not every, Asian. <laughs> every time she brings it up, you go, "I want to marry him so badly, but he's not Asian." And, and, and he's my... not rich or crazy. <laughs> I mean, but and the, the truth that I've told her that I've actually almost had a boyfriend that was Asian, but he was too dumb. So I just kind of had a. Drop <laughs> <in my hand. laughs> oh. Well, we're, we're, we're in murky water here. But I do think that most people would agree that a mother telling you that you need to date someone who's rich or a certain ethnicity, like that's that's not that fair or cool. Well, and I know my mom, when my mom told me stuff like that, like you needed to marry a doctor, she would say, or somebody rich, it w- kind of made me feel like I was incompetent. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't take care of myself or that my plans uh, were uh, a bad idea uh, because, you know, I've got to have somebody to take care of me, which uh, turned out to be not true at all. Uh, I've, I've done a, I did a very good job of taking care of myself. Um, and... Um, yeah, earn far more than my father ever did. Who, by the way, was a doctor. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a really interesting point. That that somebody, in general, getting that involved in your love life, especially your parent, is essentially telling you whether it's overtly or not, you can't do this alone. And it's not true. You can handle your love life on your own. You can handle making choices on your own. 
even though your track record hasn't been stellar and perfect, I think it's time to build some boundaries. Yeah, and you're not alone. If you you do have a loving family, if you do have friends, um, you have this wonderful friend who can help you make a better decision with your next romantic relationship. How, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And the fact that he's a dude is awesome because then he can say, like, it's nice. <laughs> my husband will kind of rate my my friend's boyfriends and go, yeah, that guy... He's he's not oh, a keeper. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, just well, I was right on a few. Yeah, you, you were right Wait, on a few. How do you rate? How do you rate me? Oh, oh no, you guys are perfect. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> no, we. I had a girlfriend who's. We went out to dinner, and the guy showed up an hour late, and yeah. was just he was just. I mean, he was a, a very uh, by the book uh, douche. Diana, so, what do you want out of a partner? Do you even want a partner? Right now, I've been so busy with school, it hasn't been the first thing on my mind. And that's something to tell your mom, too. That's true. Yeah. How, how old are you? I'm 19. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I'm very young. But the thing is, I feel like everything that's, I wouldn't say what's wrong with me, but like I feel like there's so many things in my head that I don't have the mentality to be in a relationship. And you are, you're 19. Your brain hasn't fully formed yet on some level. Like, yeah. it, it, like it's been hard even to talk to you on no. this call. <laughs> no, but like for real, like you to, I mean, from what I remember being 19, like I feel like, yeah, you give yourself some time to decide, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And, and then you can also be a better partner for for someone because you you're more clear of who you who you are and and what you'd like to do because if you're not finished with school yet I'm, is did you want to f- finish school or have a a degree or something or what was your yeah actually I just finished my first baking program I oh. got my certificate and everything and <sighs> so I'm honestly on my way to actually transfer to a culinary school maybe even out of state amazing wait a minute oh, you have a baking certificate. <laughs> That's I actually awesome. know I I know a guy for you that'd be perfect. It's it's me actually. <laughs> you could move in with me and Natasha and just bake us brownies. No nuts. We don't like nuts in our. Brownies. Moshe doesn't like nuts. We could be we could be contestants on your reality show where you just bake stuff and we it would be called we'd eat that. We'd eat that. <laughs> AKA you don't need no man. <laughs> Diana, do you feel like you got some advice? <laughs> I really do. Like I feel like this cleared a couple of things that i've had in mind yeah i it's obvious that you just your mom needs to get some boundaries and you should be friends with who you want because you got this bright super awesome life in front of you and next time your mom gets involved in your love life you just look her in the eye and you say actually i'm what i'm really interested in is hardcore baking related casual sex and she'll probably (laughs) leave you alone for at least five years Yeah. Or just say, or give her the job. I love the like, mom. You you got you got to set up dates for me. Yeah, now it's on you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually did. Oh my god, that, and that's hilarious. That's stories for years to come. But don't date any of them. Yeah, Diana, we're. No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> you seem awesome, and like you have a good head on your shoulders. You know what you want. Your mom doesn't know what you want, but she's your mom, so she still thinks she does. So ignore her, but love her. Like, we love you, because we, we think you're awesome. Bye. Thanks for talking. Thank you so much. Bye, Diana. Bye. Oh, she was sweet. Oh, that was so nice. She was really cute. That was a cute one. But it one. was, like, so obvious. I know, I know. Well, we got <laughs> a lot of... But that's because she's so young. She I just know. hasn't learned, like... Well, when you're 19, and, you know, especially if you have a family that's really close like that, like, it can be very difficult to say 
finally, mom, this is an area that you don't belong in mentally. This this part of my life you have to step out of. I I get that. And if somebody like I know my parents, their marriage was so important to them. Like it was such a positive thing in their lives. So it's like they're like they want they want that for you like as soon as possible and i'm like i can't figure it out i'm sorry and i have noticed that people whose parents have really good strong long lasting relationships the marriage becomes like an entity in the psyche of all of the kids like and a the legend. family yeah. yeah and it becomes kind of overwhelming i had dual legends in my family which was my mom and dad uh they found each other, moved in together like t- two weeks later, spent seven years in an abusive relationship together, and then broke up and hated each other for the rest of their lives and m- my young life. And then my my mom remarried to a man who she met and was not interested in for like two years. And he kept like, he wasn't really pursuing her because that's not really his personality, but it was like, it was the opposite of the like hot flashbang, what do they call in the Godfather book, the thunderbolt that hits you. It was very much the opposite. It was like the slow... Finally, they started. To, they decided they'd go on a date, and then he started coming. And then now they've been married for I don't know thirty years now. So I had these like two kind of polar opposite uh, relationship modeling in in my life. And you, your your thing was mine was similar to yours, where my parents hated each other. Yeah, oh. and my mom would always say like, "Don't get married." I think she had like these rules for it too, like. It was like till you're 27. Like that was like, <laughs> like it was like all these like, you know. You're like, how how old were you when you got married? 26. <laughs> what and about like, your parents, Scott? Did they? Uh, awful relationship. They were married 21 years. And they stayed together my that dad long. Beat the crap out of her. I bet. Broken yeah. jaw. Oh my god. So. He divorced her. We were Jehovah Witnesses also as a child. So that well, was, this all he, tracks with the theology of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. It was no awful. Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. That's that. what they'll do. They'll no knock happiness. on your door. You open it. They attack you with a broken bottle, right? But she had to leave the Jehovah Witnesses to get a divorce because even though she was getting abused, they wouldn't allow her to get a divorce. Even though my dad uh. wasn't a Jehovah Witness. So then she divorces him. Years later, she starts having an affair with the Charlie Chip guy. Charlie <laughs> Chip was a guy that came by in a truck full of potato chips and cookies. <laughs> so after a while, we realized... That she was home all day and then yeah. she would like and see him. And the truck was there. It oh, was a big no. like UPS truck for Charlie Chip. <laughs> Charlie Chip. And it was out there every day. And he was married. Oh, and this wow. went on for about 11 years. And he was a straight up racist. He had oh, a no. hot rod that he would race and my mom would go see him race this hot rod. And we hated Your mom it. had terrible taste. Horrible oh, she's taste. wonderful. And then Linda one day, the he didn't want to see her anymore because they were married. Yeah. So she wants to go to see his house just to see where he lives. And she passes out in the car and smashes into the tree in the front of their house. Oh. And the car's demolished. And he runs out to see what's going on. And she's laying there in the wreck. And she's like, oh, Keith, I love you. And their family's like, how does she know your name? Uh, that's how they found out about the Charlie Chip guy. <laughs> how did you? How did you? No, it's hard. My mom picked bad, too. I mean, it's like, it's yeah. just very hard. As I think women were, it was just like a bad different news. world. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's still hard because there is that romantic story of like like i dated somebody i've dated many people obviously hundreds oh my god Uh-oh. um but you know like I, I was in a relationship for a while where um just one of my longest ones where f- friends and family had to go hey marie you got to get out of this like he he's scary and mm-hmm. i was like what like and it was totally like movie of the week lifetime but i was i was like 
kind of pushed me while the car was moving out of the car, but what? I was being a little bit talk backy. I don't know. Like, it was just so, it's weird how easily you can kind of just go, because the you know people can be so charming or or if somebody has an addiction i mean or you're really attracted to them or whatever it is your your brain especially the broken brain has this really strong ability to lower its standards to meet its circumstances and go because it's what i'm doing that means it's normal it's like no it's just what it's where you are right now, but if you just yeah. get out of the car and walk a block away, you'll go, whoa, that wasn't... Like, yeah, now I'm sure weird. looking back, yeah, like, yeah. wow, how could I have done such <laughs> a thing? That was insane. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I was, you know, sober, sober, been to 12 test programs for 20 years, and I just, uh, you know, I just... And I think, but I had not been diagnosed with a mental illness I had, so Mm -hmm. I had mood issues. I think this person I dated had mood issues, so it was uh, a... you know, but I think I think yeah, everyone's you hope for the best too. You're right. always like, oh, we'll just get through this. That's what I'm struck with with both of you, but specifically you, Scott. Like, how did you take that childhood and the broken pieces of that you were handed by your family and become such a good partner to to be had? You know, I mean, honestly, what was the work that you did to get there? I'm an artist, so I knew I wanted to be an artist since I was a child, and my parents didn't want anything to do with me, so I could pursue that without any problem because they could care less and even i didn't go to art school till i was 26 because i had to pay for it so uh I, and i was in the punk rock scene and everything so i that was my community and i knew i didn't want to drink because my dad kind of mm-hmm. would come home and vomit all the time so it was sort of a pavlovian thing where like i didn't want anything to do with that because it's he drooled he, too much yeah, he yeah, overdrew yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He> <laughs> disgusting yeah. And so uh, I, I think uh, you directed, you self-directed. Yeah, you were like, yeah. I'm gonna... I, I loved art and music, and that's what I pursued, and that's where all my friends were in. So, and I mean, you know, a lot of friends had drug problems, but I just knew that I couldn't do it physically. Or so you were like, as if almost r- repulsed into health. Yes, yes, I did not want anything. I don't want to be like my parents at all. Like drinking, carousing, you know, having extramarital affairs, things like that. I wanted to be the opposite. Right. And, and, uh, and your siblings are so much like that too. Like yeah, everybody's yeah. very straight laced and like I'm, yeah, very together. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really I amazing. I'm the weirdo in the family though. So yeah, it's good to be weird, <laughs> but not to vomit yeah, and to attack vomit. with oh, broken glass. <laughs> it, you really are. You know what you are? What am having I? come from that background and been and becoming the man you are now. You know what you are? What? You're a real marvel. Oh, <laughs> you are. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, so we... I didn't even see that coming. No, I, I definitely <laughs> set it up long enough. <laughs> we all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. But even if we try really hard to eat kale salads and drink green smoothies, we're still most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients we need on a daily basis. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Oh, man, I can't take this. Sorry, honey. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from our food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. Two easy-to-take capsules provide nine nutrients you need to support strong foundations for your health. Would you ever try something like this? I have tried it. They sent it to me. I liked it. What would you like about it? Gave me more energy. It seemed like... Rituals Essential for Women is the multivitamin reimagined. It's traceable and transparent. 
If you're one of these obsessive label readers, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients are printed on the label. So they're out there for the world to see. A subscription is easy to start and it's easy to snooze. It's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month to your house. So Ritual's offering all of our listeners 10% off for their first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essentials for Women. Visit Ritual.com slash Honeymoon to start your Ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at Ritual.com slash Honeymoon. I have a question as we wrap things up. We're wrapping things up. So you guys uh, are hap- happy together, have this great relationship, and both <laughs> of you are, both of you have separate uh, mental health issues that you deal with. Mm-hmm. When you're in conflict, how? I, I'm just curious, and tell me if this is yes. too personal a question. How do you? Are you able to say, like, for lack of a better language, like that's the, this is the disease working not or is there no separate as opposed to like you're being an asshole or you're having a mental health issue at this moment or is there a difference sometimes it it can come from either of us yeah like sometimes he'll make a joke or go you know like save it you know like it's about to go in one way and Mm -hmm. it's like you're good at making a joke or or reaching out and like hugging me or something like doing something physical um and then Sometimes times I I'll actually say oh, I'm about to cry, uh, mm-hmm. so we gotta gotta hold up here. Or sometimes we've stopped the car. I mean, L.A. is you're always in a car, right? So we've stopped the car on the side of the road. Like I don't want to get into. We you gotta know, take breaks. Take a break. Yeah. So you've um, learned like best practices to make your relationship flow. Yeah, and you don't have to talk it out. Like let's listen to some music for twenty minutes and not and just let all your blood pressure idea. go down. Yeah. Like. Why do we have to get everything resolved? It's not getting resolved, so everybody shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you see patterns, like I know she gets stressed out before shows. Yes. So sometimes it's just like, I'll just back off. Maybe of now course. is not the yeah. time. Yeah, right. not the time. And, and that's why she married you, yeah, because yeah, yeah. your instincts yeah, I, are like that. You know, yeah. like you couldn't be with someone who yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I can't, I hate flying, so I have to take Xanax to fly. And she'll sometimes bring up big uh, issues <laughs> well, when first, I'm on Xanax. Oh, when you're nodding first, off yeah, on I'm more Xanax. pliable. I'm very pliable on Xanax. Oh, oh that's mean, smart. Oh, that's one of your best practices <laughs> yeah. is to get him when he's had like a truth serum. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. You, uh... <laughs> I think I'm going to drill into the sandstone fireplace. <laughs> that, sounds yeah, that sounds good. Sounds I like it. Great. I love you so much. Much. I love you. <laughs> I that's, that's one thing I, 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 or the trope of comics acts where like somebody, when the comic puts down their spouse or says, Oh boy, am I you know, about financial stuff? Like, say, oh, they're always buying this shit, you know, or like, or just like. I, I know just... who you're doing, by the way. No, oh, I'm <laughs> what? Um, but I don't know. I I, I want to celebrate my spouse. I mean, I'm so grateful that he'll let me talk about stuff. I hope he and and I want to celebrate my spouse on stage. Like, we have a do... rule in our family too, which is on stage anything goes. We don't have any. Okay. There's no. Okay. There's but a... I could celebrate him a little more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She does talk a lot of shit. But hey, you know what? I don't mind it because I know at the end of the day, it's fake. It's jokes. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She loves me, right? Yes, of course, darling. <laughs> right, good, 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 good. Wait, so I want to hear about the... You guys are collaborating on a project together. Oh, uh, uh, we, we finished br- it. We finished it. We made a comic book together. Uh, we wrote it together. It's the story of our love as told by our two dogs. It's called Hog Book <laughs> and Laser Eyes. Oh, cute. The two names we had we on OK Cupid. Cupid. Yeah. My name was Hog Book. 
<laughs> and I was laser eyes. And the rest, as they say, is a graphic novel. Yes. <laughs> yes. So is it available to purchase now? Oh, yes. It's on, on my website, uh, www.remember.com. Uh, Wait, is this, this isn't merch. for kids. Uh, I mean, it could be. It's not dirty at all. It's just, there's some uh, curse words just, in There's it. some curse things. Do you yeah. go in your UTI at all? Or is that no. the next, that's the next one? No, UTI. <laughs> a lot of clamping down. We go full vag. Beautiful. <laughs> it's called... Hogbook yeah. and laser, laser eyes. eyes. Yes, Hogbook is. The, I chose that because I I was on the internet dating for so long, and I put, used to put funny, thoughtful, too wide a net. Oh yeah, I put Hogbook. One guy. One guy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, I am. I must say, I am glad that Hogbook found Laser Eyes. Yeah. You seem well matched. Yeah, you yeah, seem yeah, well matched. Yeah, yeah, Thank you guys. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. Thank you for having us. We'll see you next time, folks. Yay!